The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. It was very early on the first day of the week and still dark when Mary of Magdala came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been moved away from the tomb and came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we do not know where they have put him. Mary stayed outside near the tomb weeping. Then, still weeping, she stooped to look inside and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the feet. They said, Woman, why are you weeping? They have taken my Lord away, she replied, and I do not know where they have put him. As she said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, though she did not recognize him. Jesus said, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and remove him. Jesus said, Mary. She knew him then, and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means master. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, because I have not yet ascended to my father, but Go and find the brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. So Mary of Magdala went and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Isn't that a glorious passage? It's so vivid. And, and in an instant, Magdala takes us back to Easter and the ascension, the whole Easter mystery. We're at the tomb again, but not grieving. We're at the tomb with this kind of radical, expectant hope. I want to say over the past few days, and really my time in isolation has stirred this in me, but I've started to grieve hollow robotic prayer. I think there's nothing more disheartening when you realize, am I talking to God here or am I talking to myself? <laughs> you know, am I, who am I doing this for? And especially it becomes pertinent to me when I'm preparing for the Mass itself. I was talking to a few people about this, but prayer is, a, prayer is such a nebulous thing. You know, like it's hard to grasp, but you can either do it or you can not quite do it. Like it is possible to think you're praying and you're not, or it is possible to think you're not praying and you are. You know, um, it's a strange, the mechanics of it is strange. Um, if someone said to me, Ashwin, hold this rock, I'd reach out with my hand and I'd hold it and I'd see physically and you know, I, I, my fingers and things are doing the job of holding that rock. But if someone says, Ashwin, have faith in this or hope in that, where are the fingers of my hope? You know, how, how do I know I'm actually doing that thing? It's, it's very hard to know what's going on in my interior life. So there's a difference. Let's say we've got two people sitting in a room, you know, and one is keenly seeking beyond the veil of their imagination, beyond the veil of the kind of limits of sensory perception, they're pressing into the mystery of God. I mean, to all outward appearances, they're just sitting there. And then you've got a second person who is just sitting there. They're not pressing on anything. They're just relaxing. Isn't, that, isn't it interesting? Like, which... I don't want to sort of make this a difficult, incriminating thing, but which are we? How do I prepare for Mass, and then how am I present at Mass? 
this should be a place where we can relax and be ourselves. We can let our hair down so we don't have to worry about um, pretense. It's not about pretense. But it is about my soul doing something very, very intentional. Listen to the words in this psalm. This is a psalm that we have become very familiar with in the seminary because it's in the office. My God, you are my God. For you, my soul longs. My soul thirsts for you like a dry, weary land without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. Your love is better than life itself. One translation says, my soul is filled as with marrow and fat. Imagine that. You know, it feels very consoling to eat a beautiful meal. And that goes into your stomach. Imagine your soul being feasted with the most glorious banquet that can be put on. Well, that's why we're here. That's precisely why we're here. We come now to the banquet. And we come, I think, led by the prayers and example of this beautiful lady who hoped beyond, beyond the ordinary limits of hope. It says when the apostles left, she was still there. Uh, when all else was gone, she was there in the dark of the morning. You know, it's not reasonable for her to be there, and yet she's there, pressing against the mystery of the God who loves her. Let's take this time, and let's never leave the space of pressing into our God. He is to be found right in our midst, and he comes to feed us on, on his own lavish presence.